0: Welcome back everybody, welcome back to episode 9 of the Zone Podcast, I'm your co-host Jagger, as always, I'm joined by Teddy, it's been a while and I'm glad to be back here, gonna have a fun episode today, right
1: Teddy? Yeah, we've got a pretty jam-packed episode, uh, we're gonna start as always by reviewing this week's games, and then we're gonna get a pretty special call from one of the league's real legends, Tom Hannon, excited for that one. Then, since we're at the midpoint of the season, Jagger and I are going to give our mid-season award predictions. So, there should be some spicy takes there. And then we're going to finish it off by, as always, predicting next week's games.
0: Alright, so looking at this past week's games, uh, the first series of the day was False Idol versus Roadkill. Unfortunately, I could not be there. Only series i on this miss all year. But game one, we had Mike Sinti versus Jacob Hunter, which I don't know if this is the matchup that Roadkill wanted, but it was a matchup nonetheless. I think the first inning, it was 4 nothing for all idols. And, you know, this game kind of became a blowout. Jacob was walking a lot of guys in the beginning. I was watching. But the game continued. Second inning, he bounced back. The Roadkill missing myself, Jackson, JJ. The hitting wasn't really there. Louie hit, who doesn't usually hit, and rookie Colin Donovan hit. So the runs were hard to come by. Third inning, though, we're get two. So it was four-two, running the force, and then false idols really ended the game. Uh, Tom Hammond and Stu Kelly hit back-to-back home runs. Pretty electric, show them other two of the best hitters in the league, both being lefties. And nonetheless, uh, Jacob Hunter hit a home run last inning, but... That didn't really
1: help that much. And all idols one seven four. Yeah. So game one, uh, you know, Jacob, as you said, he started off a little bit shaky. Uh, four runs in the first was not the started that was not the start that we wanted. Um, and for idols, you know, got to give credit to Cinti. Uh, he pitched well. He threw pretty hard. He was throwing strikes. Uh, you know, we didn't have too many hits. So credit to idols.
0: In game two, another classic, another very low scoring game, which is a theme when yourself pitches. Um, in the first inning, we actually got a run. Uh, Brett was walking a few guys there. So we mustered off a run in the first inning. And in the next few innings, there was really no scoring at all. It was three batters like every inning. It was like one, two, three, one, two, three and there was a really big pitcher's duel. And in the third inning, Stuk, the ladies found one. A solo home run. Tied the game up in the third inning. That was a pretty electric moment right there. And then for the next four innings, there were no runs. I don't even know if there was a hit. I think Matt Martin uh, had a hit, but nobody could really get any runs in. And then the bottom of the ace, Tom Hannon had a nice little hit. It was a... Uh, I think it was a single, but it didn't really matter. He got home nonetheless, and they won off of that. But this game, man, there was 42 strikeouts between Brett and Teddy. Teddy having 20, Brett having 22, only nine walks in the game. And I think this is your best two pitches in the league right here. And I look forward to July 9th, because with a full roadkill team, this could be – the result could be switched. I don't know. Brett hasn't lost a regular season game in a while. But these
1: two teams are some of the best teams in the league. Yeah, you know, it was a pitcher's duel. Uh, Brett pitched amazing, you know, as you'd expect from him. Just so many different pitches he can come at you with. He throws hard. He throws strikes. Uh, so we we got a run in the first, but after that we just couldn't really figure him out. And then credit to that Idols lineup. Um, you know, I, I held him down for a while, but they've got a lot of weapons, a lot of good hitters, and... Like you said, hopefully when we play them in two weeks, it uh, can be a different result. Second series of the day, Jenkins Owls versus Kings of the North. Uh, this is one Max and I kind of talked about as being a little bit lopsided, but Jenkins Owls did have some season debuts, so that was exciting. Uh, Dylan Domzalski, the former roadkill player, and then J.R. Kadat also making his season debut Uh, Unfortunately for the Owls, uh, they got shut out by Alex Fuccillo, who got the win in four innings, ten strikeouts, only two walks. And then Dylan, who made his first appearance on the mounds, uh, he kind of struggled in the first inning, gave up seven runs, settled in a little bit after that, but it was too late, and the Kings took this one pretty easily. Then for Game 2, we had a similar result. Uh, This one... (laughs) Kings put up 19 runs in the first inning.
0: Holy moly. <laughs> uh,
1: Jared, Jared Kodot, uh got the ball for the Owls to start. Uh, he didn't make it through the first inning. Uh, 14 runs, 10 walks. Uh, it was his first time pitching, so he struggled a little bit. But uh, we were talking after, and I think he, he's he got some stuff figured out. I think he'll be an improved pitcher. Um And then Ryan Hart, who I believe that was his first pitching appearance of the year, looked pretty good, two innings, uh, only one run. And yeah, this one was 21-1 was the final, Uh, another blowout.
0: Yeah, and Ryan Hart, uh, I did not know he was a pitcher, I wasn't familiar with his game, but uh, uh, he's a legend, and uh, he got inducted into the Hall of Fame along with Doxel, and that'd be cool. That'd be cool to see their names up there. Both guys, who definitely deserve it. But the Kings, man, even if they don't have Dotsil there, they can find ways to win games by a large margin.
1: Yeah, we've seen in recent years, uh, they're usually a team that's either in the championship or making a deep run. And it's because of guys like Dotsil and Reinhardt.
0: Yeah, in this case, the Norse team is batting four eighty seven on the year with 17 home runs actually kind of crazy. Leaves the whole national division. That's just unbelievable. We know this team has great pitching, but they probably have the best of both sides. Um, they've only been straight struck out 45 times, which is about 25 um, less than the next team. So that's crazy. This is this team is scary. And then following that series, the Chiefs Owls had another tough, tough team with the 5 logos. Game one, it was 10-1. to one. Uh, Dylan had to leave mid-series, but he did register a hit against Augie George, which was the only hit of the game. And it was in five uh, five innings, so that must hurt for Augie. Um, Mike Castellano was on the mound, uh, who had four strikeouts. Didn't do that bad of a job. Only gave up eight hits. So, you know what? There's some improvements to the Owls right there. Then game two is where, you know, I don't know what to say about this one. 17 runs in the first inning. Um, it was a two-inning game. Holly, Alby, Kennard all had home runs. Uh, Joey Doer had a no-hitter. Um, only walked one with three strikeouts. But, um, yeah, the Owls team, I heard there was a lot of controversy at the end of that game. I don't know how that's going to play out for the Owls, but I guess we're going to have to wait and see.
1: Yeah, uh, as we've talked about a little bit, uh first team first year in the league for any team is always gonna be tough um but this als team you know they do have some young talent. I know they've had some guys that haven't showed up consistently uh, I know in the charity tournament, they had that one pitcher, Higgins, I think his name was uh he looked promising, and then in our series uh they had another pitcher who looked to have some decent stuff, but just not a lot of football experience, so hopefully. If they can, you know, stay disciplined and keep practicing, they can improve. Then the final series of the day was bases loaded versus scared hitless. Uh, Game one was pretty entertaining. 16 to 10 was the final. Scared hitless took it. Uh, Gerald Johnson started for hitless. uh, Four innings, 10 runs, seven strikeouts. not bad against a... Pretty good hitting bases loaded team and then on the mound for them, Sickle went three innings, sixteen runs. Uh, you know, we love sickle, he's a good hitter, but on the mound, uh, you know, he doesn't always have enough. And for Scared Hitless, uh Nick Pugh went four for four seven RBIs. Uh J.R. Johnson added three hits, Smalls went four for four. Uh everyone in their lineup had at least a hit, so kind of what you expected there in game one.
0: Yeah, and um, a good takeaway from this game is Sickle only watched five compared to Gerald's 12, so scared hitless was hitting very well, which is something that they haven't been doing that well all season.
1: Then for Game 2, uh, this one was not as close. 14-1 uh, to 1 was the final uh, for scared hitless. Jonathan Fernandez uh, made his first okay. pitching appearance of the season. Kind of interesting not to go with Pew there. Uh, almost like they were trying Smalls out, and he looked really good. Four innings, only one run, eight strikeouts, uh, limited to five walks, and that's a pretty good bases loaded offense to hold down there.
0: Yeah, this is interesting here because this performance from Smalls here is way better than any Gerald or Josh performance all year, so could we see Smalls as the number two in scared Hayless? I don't know.
1: Yeah, if Smalls can emerge as a... Uh, Real second pitching threat. That could make Scared Hitless uh, much more of a dangerous playoff team and, and give them kind of another element to attack teams.
0: And Smalls did strike out his dad twice. That don't
1: feel good. One of the better rivalries in the league, Jonathan versus Sean Fernandez.
0: Yeah. And now for our next segment, we're going to bring in one of the all-time greats from the league, one of the best hitters, if not the best hitter of all time. Tom Hannon. All right. What is up,
2: Tom? How are you today? I'm going great, uh, other than having some technical difficulties with this uh, this podcast. Um, I'm pretty sure that's your fault. Well, it is because I'm driving, and you tried calling me while I was at work, and my office is in a basement, so it doesn't really work that way.
0: Uh, that seems suiting for a guy like you. Yeah, they're, they're they put you in the basement. You know you gotta work your way up. All right. Well, you know how it goes. We're gonna give you a player here, and you get three guesses. So, are you ready? Uh, well, probably not, but um, we'll give it a shot. All right. This guy had a three sixty four average, four yep. games played. Yep. Four hits, uh, seven runs. His slug is the lowest on his team. He's a three
2: sixty four slug. Um, well, if this is a a player, I'm going to, I'm just going to guess Matt Dean. Random guess, but no,
0: (laughs) that's actually a pretty good guess, but all right, we'll give you some more information. Now, what would you like to know about this guy? Um, division, I guess. He's in the national division. He's in the national division? Yep. Yeah. And he hasn't pitched all year. I don't think he's ever pitched. I'd be very surprised.
2: This year. Okay. Yeah, it's not John Costco, is it? No, he's played more than four games. No, don't that's not my guess. Okay. Four games. National Division, I believe, is the Hour Division this year. Yep. I think everybody's been on the
0: Joe Foose Are you locking that in?
2: Yeah.
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> the craziest pool I have ever
2: been. To. How did you get that? How did you get that? Uh, Just kind of process of elimination. Uh, Alex has been there a while. I think Doss only missed two games. Um, Peck has been there, I believe, every week. Ryan Hart's played four games, I think, so far. But he's also uh, hit like 600, 700, or something like that. Some crazy number. And Dan Flaherty's been there more than four games from what I saw. Uh, let's see. Everybody on our team has played more than four. Everybody on your team, I believe, has played more than four. Jackson? Well, Jackson's played four. I think his average is higher than 364. And you said he never pitched, so that kind of, you know, gave it away. Is, I, do believe, like uh, I, I do believe... I do believe... Well, I don't know that many people on the 5 So no, I know it wouldn't be Hess because Hess's average is too high. Uh, Julian, though. Um, Julian pitched, so he kind of gave it away. Uh, that was a pitcher. I do believe Joe Foos pitched a while back, maybe in the early 2010s. Uh, Could be an appearance for a tournament, but it might have been in the season. I could be wrong. Would he be good? If you don't ever pitch, you're usually not that good. So I would say probably not. I cannot believe
0: you got that. But I do have some more questions lined up for you here today. Um, Sure. So, what do you think about the retirement uh,
2: situation this your last year? Uh, I, would, I would really like it to be, um, to end on a, another good note, uh, hopefully. I want it to be done a lot, like, man, like five, six times. But every time I say I'm going to do it, then the competitive spirit comes back. And if anybody knows me, I'm very competitive. So, and then... When you have success in national tournaments, like you you tend to get the urge to play again and being friends and teammates with Brett over the last couple of years, we've, uh, we've developed a bond and he happens to be on the dinos this year in ma and we had a conversation for about two and a half hours on the way home. And he said he, he would like me to play one more year, uh, be a part of the idols. I wasn't doing it for anybody else, but Brett. Uh, no offense to Dave Kotzko, this is the O'Bro who I'm trying to trade, but <laughs> why try to trade him? Well, I, I figured if you can get a hitter like you know Robert Hess. Uh, I, I, I mean, think in the block. I mean, you, you kind of try to get him no matter what, you know. And <clears throat> the pieces we were willing to give up, well, I was willing to give up. I think would would have been a very good compensation package, but that's here nor there. Uh, we're, you know, we're doing well, but yeah, the retirement thing that was, you know, I've been thinking about it for a long time. Uh, a lot of wear and tear, uh, obviously my shoulders banged up, can't throw anymore. So like, I'm really only used as a hitter. So. It's uh, yeah, i crazy because like, you're not washed at all. Your stats are unbelievable this year. Uh, they, they took a turn for the worse uh, facing Teddy, so. Uh, he, he has my number He had my number this past weekend. I'm hoping to get his number in two weeks. So, And I thought you weren't playing all week. You told me I'm not playing my ankles and that. Was that well, the ankle? Inc- my head? Uh, no, the ankle was a problem. Uh, Out at Ma in our first game, they had me playing the outfield, and a ball was hit to my right, and we were playing on one of the fields that has a little bit of slope to it, and I wasn't wearing any turf shoes or... Spikes. So I so I started my sprint. Um, my ankle, my right ankle, the one I had prepared, uh, gave out a little bit. And when I dove for the ball, I landed directly on it, and it was painful. We played three out of our four games on that field. So while playing the outfield, I was always on a slope, uh, trying to keep the weight off of it, and it was unsuccessful. Plus batting, uh, it kind of kind of hurt. It was swollen. So I showed up on Sunday. Uh, it was Brett and I's idea to just wear the, uh, the old walking boot to see Costco's reaction and to see uh, Stu's reaction as well. Costco was actually going to keep me out of the game, uh, but I convinced him uh, to play, told him I could still hit, and thankfully he uh, listened to me. I ultimately he did. won you the game, yeah. Right. So if you guys don't win the
0: championship this year,
2: will we see you back next season? That, that's not like, I really, I want to say no, I really do. Um, but like I said, you know, I'm very competitive and I always want to win. So unless something else can, you know, take that, you know, that from me, uh, like right now I'm playing a lot of golf, i in a lot of tournaments. So that's kind of fulfilling that, that void so if we can continue to, you know, do more golf tournaments and things of like that nature, uh yeah I can I can easily see myself slowly fading away. Uh doesn't matter if we win or not, I'm trying to be done.
1: So so Tom, having you on the pod I think is is long overdue. Uh you know, you're such a big part of this league. So uh while you have the chance, is there anything you want to say to the whole league? Specifically uh
2: no, I'm I'm not gonna talk about the Kings. Um, I have a lot of respect for for some of the players. Uh, most of the players actually on their team. I don't know the new ones, so I can't really speak on that. Um, but you know, a lot of respect for Dotsil. Uh He's a true gamer. I've played with him. I played against him a lot of years. Uh, Alex I've played against him a lot. So, I mean, I'm looking forward to the the matchup this weekend. It's just. uh but nothing else in the league, just keep growing the league. Try not to, you know, piss people off so they quit the league and they want to fight umpires and stuff. But that's, you know, that's also a character thing for the other guy as well. So just keep growing the league. Uh, hopefully the league gets more parity instead of having top heavy and bottom heavy. Uh, I'd like to see the league more balanced, but it's kind of hard when there's like four,
0: maybe five teams that
2: all could, like, steal a game from each other. Yeah, you know, it comes, It's like, for playoff time, it comes down to, can you beat the number one? You know, doesn't matter who the number one is for each team. If you can beat the number one in a series, that one game, uh, you should win the series because usually people's number twos aren't obviously as strong as the number one. But, like, if you beat Brett once in the best of three, there's a good chance you're gonna advance in the series. So, but yeah, other than that, I don't really have anything else to really say to the league. Um, it's been fun. I've had a great time. So, uh, do you have any championship predictions? I don't. I, I don't. I'll keep those to myself. Um, I know exactly where I want us to be. I know where I want other teams to be. But, like, as of right now, the ideal situation is. The way the standings are right now, uh, us being the one, and then you guys being the four or the five, playing the scare hit list, Locos playing Kings of the North. That's the ideal situation. Uh, who comes out of those matchups is anyone's guess because there's tons of great pitching, tons of great hitting. Uh, you got Artem for the Locos, you got Augie for the Locos. Their hitting is just as, as dominant as their pitching. Um, then you have the Kings, same thing, pitching and, and hitting is dominant. And then you guys and Skate Hitless. I mean, uh, I guess it depends on who can score a run. So, yeah, both people. Are. Josh Wilson is back though. That's a huge part. I don't really know who that is. You not familiar with game? Uh, no. <laughs> no. He had the walk off against Quick last year. Okay, that doesn't do much for me. <laughs> it doesn't. I'm sorry. It, what was the score 9-8 nine, and 9 something like that 7-6 what was it 7-6 7-6 six. Six, it was a good game I guess uh, I don't really know but wasn't that because of an error I think I've seen that clip times right uh, he bobbled it, it a hard hit ball yeah. uh, maybe not hard hit maybe it was just rushed sure, sure.
1: But, hey whatever are you uh, what uh, looking is that, for me? Is that it
2: I thought there was going to be some like good questions here. We can get to Dotsil early. I know Brett has had success uh, and Stu as well over the last couple of seasons facing the, that team. Last year, I was not there for both series or one series, I think they had. So I haven't faced Dotsil in a while. Uh, I know playing with him at UWS, I've seen his, his personal. Uh, he's gotten, a, you know, he's still as good as he was. Alex, same thing. I haven't really. Chased him in a while. Um, if they have a full squad, if it George is there, it's a, it's a great hitter. Uh, Ryan Hart, another great hitter. Like they're 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 loaded, um, top to bottom with hitting. You just got to find the outs, and hopefully our pitchers can find that.
1: Uh, what do you think about Cinti's uh, recent success on the mound this year, and and how can that guys how can that really help you guys out?
2: This past Sunday, I believe Cynthia had a little bit of velo uh, issues. Uh, I don't know if it was because he didn't throw the week prior uh, due to me pitching uh, or his bullpen work during the week. I don't know if he was a sharp in the bullpen because Dave mentioned he had a home run off Cynthia and yada, yada, yada. Um, but after week one, uh, I made it a point to basically coach him up a lot more. Uh, help him out with pitch selection, which ball to pick, uh, just based on certain things like my knowledge of, you know, how the ball should move, and he just, th- you know, he just throws it. Um, so he just wanted to make sure that he had the right ball selection. Uh, it was moving the right way for him. Uh, after week one, I think he's, I think he's only given up four runs. I think they came uh, this past weekend very few hits for the most part. So, I, I, he's a good number two for sure. Uh, some teams would be lucky to have him as a number one, like a baseball Jenkins Owls. Uh, maybe even scared hitless this year. Um, so, I, I I like the direction he's headed, and I think that he's a good compliment to Brett. That way, myself and Zobro don't see the mound. So, as long as he can throw, we're We'll have a chance to win. I like that. That
1: was good. All right. Well, thanks for coming on, Tom. Uh, you know, we're really happy to make this happen.
2: Yeah, it was a, it was a pleasure. Uh, like I said, this is your podcast, so I, like the, the the smack talk usually happens when I when I run my own, just because you know, I have respect for you guys. I don't want to uh, cause any issues. You guys have a a more polite podcast. Um, you guys are doing great. I listen to them when I when I travel for wiffleball tournaments, so it may not come up in the comments on, you know, the wiffleball page or anything like that, but I do listen. Uh, you guys are doing a great job. Um, I don't know who you can ask next to be on, but I'm sure there's some, uh, there's some good people out there you can talk to. Yeah, we've went through all the captains. Well, fickle. We've been trying to get fickle, but He's a busy schedule. Yeah, he's, he's a busy guy. He runs like twelve different sports leagues, and he, you know, smokes his cheese and makes his, his spice rubs and all that stuff. So he's a he's a pretty busy guy. So, but yeah, he'd be a he'd be a good addition to the podcast. Uh, you can talk to him about you know it being year twenty and what it means to him. So, mm-hmm. but
1: all right, yeah. thanks, Tom.
2: Yeah, hey, no problem, guys. Have we'll you see well. Ya. Yeah, you.
0: That was a great segment from Tom right there. Um, As we move on here, we're going to go on to the um, mid-season award predictions or the halfway point here. So, you know, might as well uh, give some predictions for who we think are going to win the awards.
1: All right, so for each award, we're going to have our main prediction and then we're also going to have one dark horse prediction. Uh, So I'll start things off with captain of the year. Uh, last year, Max Krauss won it for Roadkill. This year, I believe it will be John Kotzko, captain of False Idols. I mean, they're in first place. They're looking great. Uh, really good chance to win the championship this year. And Kotzko was a big part of that. You know, he added Brigido, who's been a nice uh, addition to their hitting lineup. And then Sinti, who, you know, has been really good as of late on the mounds. Uh So I think Katsuka will win captain of the year. And then for my dark horse pick there, I'm going to go with Augie George of Five Locos. Uh We talked about the additions Augie's made with Dewar and Artem and Flapjack. You know, those three have kind of picked up Locos and made them a much better team uh hitting and pitching. And we'll see. I think they can seriously make a run. Uh, and if they do, that would definitely increase Augie's chances of getting the award.
0: Uh, yeah, definitely. I agree there. Both of those guys, like, to winning it, I wouldn't be opposed if one of them won it and the other one didn't. You know, they both have equally of a chance. And they're both the two top teams in the league, so their additions that the captains have made have had a huge role on how, budget, how they've been doing. And then for my Silver Slugger, uh my main one, who I think is going to be, is Brett Kalady. The best in the league really everything. Um, he has seven home runs in the year already, 22 RBIs. Uh, he's batting a 6'10 average and his home runs with seven. Uh, actually does lead the league. So um, there's not much to say here. He's been a beast on the plate. You know what he could do. Uh, hasn't missed a game yet. Um, only been struck out nine times in the year uh forty seven total bases, which is really like seventeen more than the second place person. So that's unbelievable. And then for my Dark Horse, I actually have a Nick Pew here. Um this was a surprise to me going through the stats here. Um Nick, you know, you hear him uh being a great pitcher all the time, but you don't really know him for his hitting, but through he did um, not that against Roadkill. Um, maybe that would have had an effect on his average. I think it would have, actually. Nonetheless, so, uh, he's batting at 6 two, five average with four home runs, 19 RBIs. Um, and man, he's been a unit. That's all I got to say, really. Um, I didn't expect this from Nick, but if he keeps it up, he could be a Silver Slugger finalist or maybe even win it.
1: Yeah, I, I like that pick a lot. Uh, as you said, Nick's not someone really you'd think of right away uh, from his bat, but he's been really good this year. Uh, I think you could argue he's been scared Hillis' best hitter. Uh, we'll see if he hits against you know some of those better teams uh, with tougher pitching, but the way he's swinging right now, that shouldn't be an issue. All right, so next up on the awards list, we have most improved player. And my pick for this award is going to be Matt Martin of False Idols. Uh, he's a guy who, when you think of Idols and the championships they've won, he doesn't really come to mind immediately. Um, but this year, he's really improved with the bat. Uh, last year, he hit .333. Uh, he had eight hits on the year, you know, a solid uh, role player. But this year, he's really stepped up. He's up to five forty-five average. He already has... 12 hits, so more than he had last year already, and we're only halfway through the year. And, you know, speaking personally, last week when I faced him, uh, I didn't really know too much about him as a hitter, but uh, I can say confidently he's a really strong hitter, and, you know, he can hit a lot of different types of pitches. He's disciplined. He's got a little bit of power. uh, So definitely a guy who, if he can keep up that type of production that's a huge get for False idols and then my dark horse pick for the award is going to be uh my co-host Jagger McDonald uh last year Jagger was a rookie for Roadkill and you know he's a guy who doesn't really have a baseball background a lot of the a lot of the guys in this league do and you know you've never really played baseball you haven't even played a ton of ball, so Last year you came in, you you struggled your first couple of games, but you picked it up quick, and your stats last year were pretty good. You hit 400, uh, you had 20 hits on the year, 16 RBIs, but this year uh, you've taken a big step up. Your average is up to 441 now. Uh, you already have 15 hits, 12 RBIs, so uh, you've upped your production, and I think if you just Talk to anyone in the league. Uh, They won't hesitate to say how much you've improved. You know, your swing's gotten better. You've become a much smarter player um, and a much tougher out overall.
0: Appreciate that. Appreciate that. And moving on to the Cy Young Award here, this one is another huge toss-up. I can see it go either way. But right now, going off of that, I would have to go with my co-host, non-biased at all. But with a 0. 0.55 ERA, 30 innings, innings pitched, and a whopping 78 Ks, which is on pace for the most in league history, 24 more than anybody uh, even close to him. And, you know, you could say Brett, definitely, who has a little bit of a better ERA. But with the innings pitched, um, in those 30 innings pitched, he's only walked 15 people, which is, I find that hard to believe. That is just an unbelievable stat. Um, his three and two record, um and I, I don't blame him at all for that because those games are like two to one. Both games are like two to one. And that's just our hitting hasn't been the best, but I think solely off of pitching, he's been the best pitcher in the league this year. And then moving on to my dark horse here. I have Scared House's very own Jonathan Fernandez. Now, you're probably hearing that being like, What? What? No way. But this guy he made his debut. Um, had a very stellar debut against one of the league's best statistical hitting teams. Uh, He posted a 1.25 ERA, eight Ks and four innings pitched, uh, five walks. But um, the dark horse, um, this guy, this guy is the limit for this guy. Um, He wants to pitch. He has, he does the work. He puts the work in. He has a great work ethic. And, I don't know, this guy could like even become the ace on his team. Like, I was watching the film, got a great mix. And, I, you know, Cy Young, maybe that's a stretch, but he's definitely a dark horse. You got to keep him in mind. Nobody really knows about him. Everybody, every pitcher in the league, people have faced, you know, they know a lot about him. Small is this guy? You know, he's new to the game. He's new to the pitching scheme. That's going to make a huge impact on the league.
1: Yeah, personally, I love that pick. Uh, I think when you think about a dark horse... Uh it's gotta be someone that you know kind of comes out of nowhere, and that's exactly what Smalls has done. I think this is a great opportunity. I think uh for Scared Hitless, he's gonna you know really help them pick up with their games where Pew doesn't pitch. And I think, like you said, his work ethic, you know, really good, and I love that pick. And then finishing things off here with the MVP. I don't think it's surprising, but I'm going to go with Brett Kaledi. Uh He's got the best ERA in the league. Uh, amazing pitcher. And then that's before you even get to his bat. And at the plate, he's hitting 6'10 average. That's fourth in the league. Seven homers. That leads the league. Uh, 22 RBIs. Uh, OPS. Over one point eight uh, on both sides of the ball, he's just a monster, and you know he's the main reason why False Idols is sitting in first place. And then for my dark horse pick here, uh, this might come as a surprise, but I'm going to go with Ryan Hart of Kings of the North. Um, after last game, which was his first time pitching, uh, he's got a two point five ERA. And then his hitting stats are really impressive. He's got a 727. That's first in the league among qualified hitters. He's got three home runs, 12 RBIs. Uh, He's only been struck out one time all year. That's really impressive. Uh, One thing for him, though, he's got to get his games played up. Uh, He's only at four right now. Uh, So he needs to come to most of the games for the rest of the season. I don't think that'll be an issue. Uh, but if if he can do that and maybe give some more solid pitching outings and keep up his great hitting, I wouldn't be shocked.
0: Yeah, I drew both of those right there. Um, but moving on here, we're going to go on to the, uh, this week's prediction. We got some good games this week. This might be the best weekend we've had yet. These games are looking great. All right, game one, we got Kings of the North and False Idols. This is series of the week, definitely, definitely. Both teams have one loss on the year so far. And man, this game, there's, there's so many different outcomes I could see for this series, but for game one, I'm going to take false idols. Um, it all depends on pitching matchups, but I think whoever it was against Brett is going to lose. So let's say Brett pitches game one, which he usually does. Um, They're probably going to throw Alex against him. And Alex is a great pitcher, but uh, Pred is the best in the league, probably. So um, I'm going to take False Idols. It'll be a close game. I I got something like 5-1, 5-2. A close game like that. I know Brett sees them well. Um, Dave is going to be out for this game. Um, Is this a good thing Um, for the Idols? Probably not. But uh, he has struggled against good pitching this year so more at-bats for guys like stew and brett and tom so i'm gonna get fall finals for game one victory and then game two is probably gonna be Cinti versus dothal and um dothal and Cinti both top five pitchers in the league i have them on my list um cindy seems to have been heating up lately last week he have four to rk Jacob Hunter had a nice little home run um but yet again, I think the Idols, all of those guys on the Idol team have seen Dossel for so long, and they've played Dossel played so long. So I think Falls Idols actually does get the sweep. Um, it'll be a tough series for them. But I don't know. I think that um, Cindy's going to be locked in, he'll be dialed in. Um, and Ziobro and Dave not being there, um, I don't want to say it's a good thing because obviously it's not a great thing for them. But like it does give more out that to players like Brett, Stu, and Tom, who are probably the best um, trio of hitting in the league. Like that order is disgusting. So I'm going to go with a fall five sweep. Um, game two will be really close as well. But I think there will be more run scored. I think it will be like 5-4, 6-5, something like that.
1: Yeah, it should be a really great series. Uh, I think definitely depending on the pitching matchups, uh, it kind of plays in favor of Kings a little bit just because I think they have a little bit more depth with Dotsil and Ficillo. Uh, But, you know, Cinti's more than capable of beating any of those guys, so should be a really great series. Next series is going to be another really great one. Scared Hitless versus Five Locos. Uh, this is... You know, a matchup of, as of right now, two playoff teams. Um, I know in the past there's been some, you know, choice words and, you know, probably not each other's favorite teams, but that should make for a really exciting matchup. Uh, scared Hitless on the mound, they should have Pew, And then, I don't know for sure, but looks like it should be Jonathan Fernandez. And then for Five Locos, depending on who shows up, should be Artem and either Augie or Dewar. And once again, mat- pitching matchups are going to be huge. But personally I've got this one being a split. I think Nick Pugh will be able to get a win on the mounds. And depending on who Scarletless faces, um, I think they'll be able to they'll be able to score enough runs to get a win there, and then I think Locos will bounce back, uh, most likely with Artem on the mounds, and salvage the series with the split.
0: Yeah, I actually agree. Um, split, probably the most, uh, most likely scenario, but I could also, there's another series where I wouldn't be surprised at a Hitless sweep, I wouldn't be surprised at a Locos sweep. It all depends who's there for the Locos, and like you said, the matchup. All right, the five seven zero versus Jenkins Owls. Um, I don't really know how much of a team's left there over in Jenkins, but if anybody does decide to show up, um, I don't think that will change the outcome of this series. You know what? You know what? Maybe, maybe Jr. Cadot has some you know bad blood with the five seven zero and steal a game himself, but I don't think so. I think the five seven zero pick up their first two wins of the year. And then they have bases loaded next week, they could be four and eight. I don't know, man. They could be um a surprise, you know. So um I'm gonna go with the five seven oh sweep. I don't really need to talk about the games individually because I don't even know who's left on that Jenkins team.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think it will be a five seven oh sweep. Um, but as you said, I know there's some you know rivalry uh, between Jr. Cadot and five seven zero, I I don't think they like each other very much right now. So maybe that will motivate Jr. to have a good hitting performance. Um, but I think at the end of the day, five seven zero just has more talent.
0: All right, guys, that wraps up everything for today. Bit of a long episode today, but it was good to be back. Um, I'm excited to play on the ninth first false idols. Um, but that's really all we got for you today. So from me and Teddy, we're out.
1: Thanks for listening. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs)